0: We're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Well, hallelujah. Against the rulers of the darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. (sighs) Praise God. We can't fight a spiritual battle with carnal weapons. We've got to fight a spiritual battle with spiritual weapons. And the most effective weapon we have sometimes is just worship. Just quit worrying about the problem and praise God because you know he's going to fix it. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. i i don't know I don't know that I agree a hundred percent, but I heard someone make the statement recently they said if you're going to worry about it, then don't pray about it, and if you're going to pray about it, then don't worry about it now, I'm gonna tell you, I believe the last part for sure, but I do think that sometimes We spend a lot more time and energy worrying than we do praying. And I can tell you that worry is a sign of unbelief. Worry says, I don't really know if God's going to take care of this. Because if you really had confidence that he was going to take care of it, you wouldn't be worried about it. Well, now, the reason why I don't want to 100% endorse the first part of that statement, that if you're going to worry about it, don't pray about it, um, I will tell you, if you start out worrying about it, but you'll spend enough time praying about it, then you'll quit worrying about it. So maybe we should say, if you're just going to keep worrying about it, then don't pray about it. But at some point, you got to learn to just put it in the hands of God. We have to understand that He knows far more than we do. And any problem He doesn't solve, it's because He's trying to teach us something through that problem. Well, so if he doesn't calm the storm, maybe he just wants to calm us while we ride through the storm. Praise God. But we do need to learn to put our trust in him. Amen. Amen. Let me try that again. We do need to learn to put our trust in him. He's never failed us. Doesn't always answer the way we want him to. But he's never failed us. He's never left us. We might walk away from him. But he doesn't leave us. And I can assure you if you walk away from him... It doesn't matter where you went to. If you'll just go back to him, he's still waiting on you. Yeah. Talked about that some, I think it was Sunday morning with the backslider. The prodigal son who found himself in the pig pen. Now I can promise you, after all that time in the pig pen, when that son got home, His clothes were not clean. I can promise you he didn't smell the best. Certainly didn't look the best. He wasn't clean. And yet when the father saw him, he ran to him and fell on his neck. Now that's what the Bible says. The father didn't care about how bad the boy stunk. He didn't care about how dirty he had become. In fact, I don't see where the father even asked him, where have you been? The father was just glad that he finally came to his senses and came back home. Well, hallelujah. I, uh, I don't want to get too far into all that or I won't get anywhere on my lesson tonight, but it is interesting. It is interesting. When you look at that chapter in Luke, that tells us the story of the prodigal son, for there are three things that are lost in that chapter. And there is a lost sheep, and the shepherd goes looking for it, leaves the ninety and nine, and goes looking for it. But you see, with a sheep, a sheep really. My old pastor used to say sheep are dumb. They're they're, they're not the most brilliant animals. Let's put it that way, all right? Maybe that's not as offensive. But a sheep can get lost very easily and find itself in a predicament it never really intended to be in and then not know how to get home. And in those situations... The shepherd had to go find the sheep because it was not possible for the sheep to find its way back. The second was a coin that was lost. Of course, a coin has no understanding, no comprehension. The coin was lost really through no fault of its own. It was a victim of circumstance. Someone had been careless. I don't know why I'm saying any of this, but I'm saying it tonight. And I, and I feel it, so I'm not going to stop saying it. But it, it was where it was because it was a victim of circumstance. And, and obviously the coin could not find its way back to the coin purse. The only way that the coin could be found again was if somebody would take the time and put forth the effort to search for it. Now in that case, it took a lot of real searching. The coin was still in the house. The coin had never left the house. The coin was still in the house but the coin didn't know it was lost. And what it took for that coin to be found was a lot of sweeping and lighting candles, shining lights. And when the light began to shine and the sweeping started taking place, then the coin was found. And there are those situations in the kingdom of God, or Jesus would not have given us that parable. There are those who leave the fold because they become confused. They, they maybe are deceived. Perhaps they followed the wrong flock, or followed after the wrong voice, or Some other wayward sheep may have led them astray and then they found themselves in a place that they didn't know how to get back. And in those cases we have to find them. There are those that are still in the house. There are those that are sitting on the pew that don't even know they're lost. They really don't understand how far away from God they've gotten. And the only way they ever really come to that realization it takes some good, strong preaching, sweeping the house, shine in the light. and the coin can be restored. But there are those like the prodigal son. He knew what he was doing. He wasn't deceived. He wasn't confused. He wasn't mixed up. He wasn't mistaken. He knew full well what he was doing when he did it. And in that case, the father did not go looking for him. Now, let me make sure you understand what I just said. He didn't go looking for him. That son had to wake up and realize how bad his situation was. And start back to the Father. But the reason I stress that he didn't go looking for him, I didn't say he wasn't looking. Because the Bible said that the Father saw him while he was still a ways off. He was looking. He just knew that the only way the prodigal is going to be saved is he's got to come to his own senses. And recognize, I need to be back in the father's house. But he'd been watching and he'd been waiting. Even though it was an absolute act of outright rebellion when the prodigal left. The father still watched for him. I'm convinced it wasn't a coincidence that the father happened to be standing on the porch that evening. Looking out on the horizon. I don't think that was a coincidence. I think that was the father's habit. I think every day after that son left, the father stood there watching, waiting, hoping. And that's why when he finally saw that figure coming, he didn't care what he looked like. He didn't care how dirty he was. He didn't care how bad he smelled. The Bible said he ran to him. He was so glad that the son had finally come to his senses and come home. That's all he cared about. He was there. I'm going to tell you, the father knew that boy had spent enough time in the big pen. He didn't want to go back out there. He knew he had his belly full of all the garbage that was there and and he was just glad that his son was home. Well, hallelujah! And I'm telling you tonight, I'm telling you tonight that there are not only those sheep that you have to go looking for and those coins that you have to work to expose but there are some that have gone into the depths of depravity they knew they were wrong when they did it but the father still loves them and the son already had his speech rehearsed if you'll just make me a servant that's all I want I've wasted my inheritance, I've spent my money I'm not asking for you to give me anything except a job If you'll just hire me I'll spend the rest of my life serving you But the father didn't say I've got a new servant Hello? The father didn't say we've just hired a new employee he said somebody go kill the fatted calf bring the best robe out let's put the sign of family authority back on him let's throw a party because this not my servant but my son who was dead is now alive he was lost but now he's found Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, and I just felt like telling somebody tonight, God's still looking down that road, and he's still waiting, he's not going to force anybody, he's not going to push anybody, when somebody walks out of their own accord, God's not going to grab them. By the nap of the neck and throw him in an altar. But I can promise you this: the moment the moment he sees that sun starting in that direction. The sun didn't even make it to the house. He didn't make it all the way to the house. The fact that he was headed in that direction was enough for the Father, and He caught him right there and restored him to sonship where he was. Well, Hallelujah! And I'm going to tell you, there's some, there's some. God's not going to, God's not going to force them. He's not going to push them. He's not going to drag them. And honestly, there are times when we do people a disservice by trying to drag them to an altar. But when they're ready and their mind's made up, the Father's going to meet them. I I just feel this tonight. I, I just feel like saying that they're not even going to make it all the way to the altar. Before the Spirit of the Father falls on them. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, let's praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. Oh God! Oh Jesus! Oh Hallelujah! Oh, come on, come on let's, let's entertain the presence of the Lord For just a moment God's talking to somebody right now God's dealing with somebody right now Hallelujah just tell you tonight let me tell you that prodigal obviously he knew his father and he knew that his father even took care of the hired servants he knew that his father did a better job of taking care of hired servants than what his employer was doing and yet brother sister somehow he was blinded to just how good his father was. Because in his mind, the only way dad's going to take me back is if I'll come and offer myself as a servant and just let him hire me on pay me a weekly salary that's the only way dad will take me back see his biggest battle at that point was in his mind it was it was the way he was beating up on himself he had such a low esteem of himself that it dropped his esteem of his father do you hear me because his father didn't have the attitude he thought he was going to have his father didn't, didn't kick him around and, 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 and say, no, 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 you're not coming back here. And, and, and he didn't have to beg and he didn't have to bargain. The son didn't see that in his dad but it's because of how low he had put himself. Sometimes that is the biggest battle we have is that we have beat up on ourselves so much until it has pulled down our view of who and what God is. If you could ever really get a revelation of the depths of his love and how much he wants you to be saved, I'm telling you, he'll take you straight out of the pig pen. There have been people that have walked into apostolic churches so drunk they couldn't hardly stand up but come to an altar with some sincerity in their heart and God sober them up and fill them with the Holy Ghost. God didn't say stay away till you get sober. He was just glad they came. And I'm telling you righty, I feel this so strong right now. I don't care if I don't get to my notes. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you'll get a revelation tonight of just how great God is, the reason why some people never really pray through is because they don't have a high enough estimation of God and his love for them. They think there's no way God's going to take me the way I am. There's no way God's going to forgive me the way I am. I'm here to rebuke that attitude. I'm going to tell you, God loves you enough. He's been waiting for the moment for you to come running back to him. He loves you so much. He'll meet you halfway down this aisle, and the glory of God will fall. I told Brother Sisler, at the end of service Sunday night, I said, I feel like somebody missed it. Somebody should have responded. Somebody, God was dealing with them and they didn't didn't respond. I feel like God's dealing with somebody again tonight. I don't want us to miss it. I can go on and preach a message. I I promise you, I've got so many notes that I I was going to have to push to get through it tonight. But I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about what I feel right now. I don't want somebody to miss out on the opportunity. I'm telling you, God is standing there watching for you, waiting for the moment that you make a move. Oh, hallelujah. These altars are open right now. He loves you enough to forgive you. Quit letting the devil tell you that he won't do it. He loves you enough to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Quit letting the devil tell you that he won't do it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, this is not all. This is not all. There are saints of God here tonight that have been beaten up on yourself. You, You feel like you can't even do anything for God because of some past activity that you think God's never forgiven you of. I'm telling you, God is so glad you're standing in his house tonight. Preacher, I tried and I failed. Yeah, so did the prodigal son. But that didn't stop the father from loving him and it didn't stop the father from restoring him. And when the father put that ring on his hand, it wasn't a piece of jewelry. It was a reinstatement of full authority back into the family.